That's 18 Pokemon in the tier three rotation, Kyle. Isn't that insane? That's, That's absolutely crazy. 16. Wait, no, it's not. There's Two six. rows of six and a four. That's 12 and four. 12 and four. Yeah. Oh, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> We don't do math here. That's why we that's why we do Pokemon. Alright, 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 alright. You're tuned into the GoCast Podcast, your one-stop shop for updates, news, tips, and community in the world of Pokemon Go. Thank you for listening. Glorious Galarian surprises. It lives! Wayfarer, that is. No sleep November. More email than we care to admit. And more on this episode of GoCast. Hello and welcome to the GoCast podcast. It's episode 71. It's November 19th. Yet another Tuesday. Uh, it feels like it's been a minute, but it's actually been two weeks. That's why it feels <laughs> like it's been longer than normal. I'm your host, Chris, and this week I'm joined with... Kyle. Hiya. I, I used the different word there. You usually say joined by, but joined with. I guess those are both. Those are we both like work, twins right? now? Is that what's happened? Yeah. Yeah. It's, I'm, not, I'm not joined by. I'm joined with. Yes. Our, our Pokemon oneness <laughs> is now becoming, you know, it's, it's entering its final stage, right? The podcast is just one step <laughs> of the fusion dance in the Pokemon sphere. Uh, <laughs> hello. Sorry about last week, everybody. Really sorry about that. Last week was was kind of hectic. I was real sick, and so we just decided to not do it. Normally, I would have been like, hey, let's do a different day, but I went on a, a work trip until like the weekend. It was like Wednesday morning until like Saturday, so no can do on that one. Sorry. All right, but before we get started here with all of the catch-up and everything, two weeks worth of stuff we got to talk about today, Kyle. I'm so excited. Wow, our notes are incredibly long. Okay, but before any bit. of that, shout out to our four brand new patrons over the past two weeks, Duncan, James, Alicia, and Roger. Thank you so much to the four of you. We really quite appreciate your patronage, and we hope that you're enjoying the Discord. We did just start our Ferocious Cup in our PvP tournament, so it's going to be so exciting. <laughs> anyway, hey, Kyle, what's up? Hello. How's it been, I'm, man? How are you? I'm, I'm doing okay. Yeah? You all settled in after the move? Yeah, more or less. You know, we've, we've got like a majority of the boxes taken care of, so we're good. Oh, okay. And the majority is... On the good half of any some amount of things, right? Yes. Yes. That's good how math you. works. I think so. I don't know. This is just these this isn't like really math. This is like just groups of things, you know? It's just chunks, <laughs> portions. <laughs> <laughs> uh well anyway, Kyle, I know you've been busy the past two weeks, but two weeks ago you set a couple of goals for yourself. Oh, um boy. in addition, we we didn't set Chimchar goals for ourselves two weeks ago. We were going to this past week, but we did set them, but I won't talk about them until we get to Chimchar Community Day in retrospect in the new section so goals sans chimchar shiny counts you were looking to max out your shiny mischievous i couldn't quite do it i ran out of stardust oh really how close it, did you get though uh i think it's like 38 and a half or 39 so i need like like 15 or twenty thousand stardust total to max okay. it out okay so, all right 
Your other goal I have written here is breakthrough. I don't even know what that. I mean, did we mean special research? No, it was it was, it was make sure that I did my seven day field researches. Oh, and, that's what it was. And How'd that to, go? And I'm here to tell you that I failed spectacularly. In 14 days, you didn't do it. No, I mean, I di- I did do it. Okay, but I I definitely missed probably like a third of them. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. I was look, so I was just real bad about it at first and then Pokemon Sword and Shield came out and Pokemon Go oh, kind of took the back oh, burner man. for like 4 yeah. or 5 days. So I I understand I just... <laughs> completely. I really do. You get a free pass this time for sure. That's all right. So what'd you get? Did you get anything good out of the one breakthrough that you did do? Uh I got a Unova stuff. I, oh, I did get it. I got a Unova stone, but I think that was from the previous breakthrough. So I, I think I did manage two during those two weeks, but one of them was like the following day. So I should have got gotcha. gotcha. Hey, well, that's good. Going to get all those uh, evolutions you need that you can so far. Yep. How many do we need for the entire generation? I think we said like it's eight like, or something like that. It's like, yeah, it's like six or seven, I think. Yeah, yeah. But, count, uh, if you, you depending know. if you count regionals, obviously. Right, sure. But we need... Just a bunch more than that, just so we can have six chandelure, correct? Yes, this yes. is correct. Absolutely correct. Thankfully, that's the only one that you need six of. If you use six Unova stones on semipores, we're gonna have a conversation. <laughs> we're just gonna we're gonna yes. take a couple of hours and we'll just sit down and we'll talk about it. And uh we'll find you the the help that you need, I guess. <laughs> so Anything else besides uh, kind of getting your goals, kind of not getting your goals? Anything else interesting happen? Gosh, it's been no. two weeks, Kyle. Haven't you lived your life? Come on. Uh, no. Don't you guys have phones? <laughs> I do have a phone. Oh, good. Outside of the stuff we'll talk about shortly, um, I did my first rocket leader, I guess. That counts. Ooh, so, which one? Uh, it was Arlo. Yeah, it happened during the community day. I got my last component and it was just right there in the mall. So it was very convenient. It was hard. <laughs> I, I, I managed to do it on my first try, but like I had like five HP left. On it was just barely. I, left. I, yeah. I was there where we were all yelling. You're like, I can't believe it's so close. Yeah. You're like two HP left and you're my champ on your third Pokemon. Just like, ah, yeah, it was, yeah. it was close. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, anything else besides taking out Arlo and, and teaching him a lesson, I guess? Uh, I don't think so. I think that's any all... shinies. No, no only, nothing good. only the Chimchar stuff. And so for myself, Kyle, thank you for th- thanks for filling me in. But uh, for myself, I wanted to do one of the Team Go Rocket leaders uh, while I was sick the past two weeks. Uh, I didn't play very much because it was also kind of awful outside. I only got five mysterious components total uh, <laughs> since two weeks ago. I'm one away from doing one of the leaders, but to be very honest with you, I just like I forgot it was a goal. I like it wasn't important to me. I, I don't I did know more I, Team Rocket stuff than Chris did. Let the yeah, you definitely show. did. Yeah, I just like, I wanted to do more. It just didn't work out when I was at my my work trip. There were places all around, but I was too busy to do it. And then when I got back, it was sword and shield. And so that's where my time kind of went. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so that didn't happen. But I'm at five out of six. So hopefully next week I can I can report back and be like, hey, I, I did the I did the, the goal. You went and beat off cliff. 
Yeah. Uh, I they also wanted to do a Pokestop nomination. It's pretty straightforward. It's exactly what you think it was. I've done both sides of it now. I've I've done one in-app. I've also done the reviewing uh, part of it in the browser. Um, Wayfair is is pretty cool. It's, a, it's exactly what you think it is. Um, and it seems to be working kind of well. We'll talk more about Wayfair in the news section because it is now live globally for everybody, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, and then my last goal was to finish my Ferocious Cup team, which I did do. <laughs> I ended up spending like 600,000 Stardust. Oof. I ended up powering up two things I didn't need to because I didn't think about my, my no. team out. Yeah, I powered up a Suicune I didn't need to power up. Oh, gross. And I powered up something else I ended up not using. But, dude, mining is good. Yeah, we talked about that two weeks ago. Mine is so good. Yeah, it's it's insane how how good. Anyway, it's it's real good. Yeah, wow, cool. <laughs> um, other than that, nothing nothing real crazy. Uh, and that was pretty much it. But before we get into like the news here, and we talk about Chimchar Community Day, which I'm very excited about. Kyle, it's time for our Unova Metal Check. Where are you at? I'm at 32. 32. Look at, at you. 32. I did I did two Unova Stone evolutions uh, this week. So. Nice. Nice. I'm at 36. 36. Uh, well, I don't a, think I got anything. I'm a, I'm a work on closing that gap in the next week or so, at least. Given the new raids. Yeah, please. Please do. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a minute. There is an, a unique opportunity for you and trainers like you. So anyway, let's move into the news. All right, so first things first, let's talk about Chimchar Community Day. It happened this past weekend. Uh, sorry we didn't have a show to remind you guys last week that it happened. Hopefully you participated. Uh, how did we do, Kyle? Our goals for Shinies were uh, more than 10 for myself, 10 or more rather, and three for you because you weren't sure exactly how hard you were going to go. Uh, the Community Day move was Blast Burn, by the way, and uh, one-fourth Egg Incubator Distance. Um, but as far as shiny goes, Kyle, how'd you do? Did you hit your three? I got nine. Nine. That's so, three times over what you thought you were you're gonna get. Yes. So that that turned out well. How many did you evolve to get blast burn? Uh I evolved one shiny and how many regular? Uh three regulars. Oh wow. Okay. So good deal. Um I snagged 15 for myself. Jeez. Which is uh, good, considering the past few community days have been not so great. I'm not sure what the deal was with that. But yeah, 15 this past time. I got there a half hour late as well. So uh, it was a good community day overall, which is also fantastic because I had like three people ask me to catch for them because I couldn't do the event. So <laughs> I don't know. The Poke Gods were listening and they blessed me with they, additional. They knew that he needed to trade the Infernapes Apes and the Shinies. <laughs> yeah. So they're yeah. like, here you go. Yeah, so we ended up meeting up, you and I, uh, and, as well as your girlfriend and a mutual friend of yours as well. And then we also ran to Terry Wolf and Thunder Cub. Hello, Terry Wolf. Nice to run into you. Um, but the most exciting thing probably about the community day, which, by the way, I don't think we really need to dwell too long on it, but the spawns were good. They were. The tasks were fine for research. Everything seemed to be relatively back to normal uh, from how much it had deviated from Trepage community day. Oh, boy. It seemed pretty good. But also, in addition, there was not one additional hour after the event to do Blast Burn. There was two additional hours. 
Uh, and that might, you know, beg the question, why two hours? Well, it's because the first hour, 2 to 3 o'clock p.m. local time, right after Community Day, was actually a raid hour for a new raid boss, Galarian Weezing, which is a little cross-promotion for Sword and Shield. This is the first Galarian form we've seen. Uh, it's a poison fairy type version of Weezing. He's got smokestacks on top of his, his heads. They look like top hats. It's a cool Pokemon. Don't lots don't, of love. Don't degrade Weezing like that. They're not smokestacks. They are clean oxygen stacks. Right. That's they true. Only emit clean oxygen. Right. Right. Sorry. Sorry about that. They are a a clean. Uh, family-friendly, environmentally-friendly version of regular wheezing. Instead of poisonous, noxious gas, it's actually purifying poisonous, noxious <laughs> gas, right? Something like that? Yes. yes. They okay. take in the yeah. poison, they let out the clean air. But Galarian wheezing came out. We knocked out three. Did you catch all three of yours? Yes, I did. Yeah, they were, they were pretty straightforward and easy to catch. Surprisingly, really awful move set. Yeah, so, don't, he's bad. He's, yeah. he's really bad. <laughs> uh, we we started to like realize with horror as all like six people in our party caught their first one. They're like, oh, what was such yours have? Uh, tackle and hyper beam. Okay. Well, what's yours have? Tackle, uh, overheat. tackle and, and, and overheat. We're like, uh-oh. Six people with tackle. Pretty easy to, to assume that tackle is the only quick move available on that Pokemon. Oh, well, maybe next time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that kind of stinks, but but here we are. Uh, while we were out for the count with, with illness and such, there was an event that went on. It was called the Team Go Rocket Disruption Event. It ran from November 7th through the 14th. Features included oddly specific Pokemon have started appearing more often, like Ekans, Meowth, and Coughing. Our research has found that if you're lucky, you may encounter a Shen Meowth in the wild or in raids. Raids will feature Pokemon that we believe are significant to Team Go Rocket and the Team Go Rocket boss Giovanni. In addition, we have made the following discoveries. Team Go Rocket has started using the following Shadow Pokemon. Sandshrew, Bellsprout, Magnemite, Porygon, and Wobbuffet. I've seen a lot of Porygon since they've been added, which is great. The Team Go Rocket leaders seem to be the only Team Go Rocket members who now have access to the following Shadow Pokemon, Meowth, Scyther, and Sneasel. We did talk about this last week. It's actually their first Pokemon. They have a couple of options for their second and third choices, but their first Pokemon for each of the leaders is always set. I think Meowth is Cliff. Scyther is Arlo and Sneasel is Sierra, something yeah. like that. And then when those Pokemon can drop from the team leaders as well, they can drop Shiny, Shiny Shadow, which is pretty cool. Like I said, this event came and went. I didn't even really notice. I think the only thing I was super noticed was the increased Ekans and Coffee yeah, spawns, and that those. was about it. I noticed all the people calling out Shiny Meowth on Discord and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh, he's got different socks on. And the insides of his ears are a little bit raw. Oh, okay. Yeah, poor guy. Oh, scratchy ears. I get it. I have cats. I know how that is. But yeah, I mean, nothing really to write home about. I think the introduction of the team leaders and the, the Rocket Radar and all that stuff was really what the, the highlight of this event was. Nobody, I, I think, was really hunting Ekans and, and uh, coughing. Unless you're shiny hunting. If Yeah, if you were shiny hunting, this was this was a joy. But, but every... Every Pokemon Go event seems to come with some level of shiny hunting. So, yeah. Similarly to also another piece of news that there's very little to say about, Regigigas is now in EX Raids. And it's going to be in the EX Raids until January 7th. So, uh, only, uh, only a couple of months, which is nice. It's not 
six months. It's not a year. It's only they're, like they're, two. They're prepping us for a year of Arceus. <laughs> they're prepping us for like six years of Arceus, dude. If they rotate the different forms of each nah, of the discs. Nah, they're just going to do one form a month. Boom. Yeah? 16 months. There you go. That's still <laughs> a year and a half. No, no, thank you. That's okay. I was on board for a second. I was like, oh, that's quick. I'm like, oh, that's a long time. No, no thanks. Yeah, I'm I'm not really overly excited about Regigigas and EX raids. Maybe it'll be, I don't know, it'll be different. Who knows? But it'll be something other than Mewtwo, so I guess that's exciting. I'm excited for those that didn't get a chance to do the event or didn't want to spend the money for them to, to get there. To get their one Regigigas and then never right. show up for another EX raid again. You know, I said that about Deoxys, and people still showed up. I don't know why, but they did. I mean, they barely showed up, but like... Well, good thing yeah. we need like two people to sneeze on attack form. <laughs> Like real, and that's about it, and that thing falls over. So, keeping up the trend of news that there's little to say about Wayfarer and Pokestop nominations are live worldwide. We've talked about this so much. I don't think I really need to spend any time on this now. Kyle, is there anything you can think of that's notable? But I think we've talked about this to death. I mean, the only thing I can think of is to say that it's working like noticeably and fairly quickly in the cases where the Pokestops are legitimate. Yes. Which is pretty cool. I'm excited to see how it fills out a lot of places that I'm already aware of that I've played before in the past. I'd, I can't wait to like this places I can go back to like six months from now, like where we used to live or whatever. Be like, oh, hey, look at all these things that are very different. You know, I'm going to be very interested to see how my area changes, because as far as I'm concerned, there's not a lot of features that haven't been reported or haven't been turned into stops. So it'll be interesting to see how other people view the neighborhood and think what should and shouldn't be a Pokestop. I don't know. I guess we'll see. I actually uh, one thing I'm really surprised about is I haven't heard of any like people complaining about the system really yet. It's just kind of like you're either using it and you like it or you aren't using it and you don't care. Yep, pretty much. Which is something to be said for a new system that Niantic has put out, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's only level 40 still, but it is live worldwide. Maybe they'll bring the level down. I'm not quite sure what the plan for that feature is in the long run, but but here we are. Okay, here's the meat and potatoes of the news section. All right, last, last big thing here is actually uh, a couple of small things put together. But events and things that are happening in November. Wowza. First things first, there's an event that actually started today, not six and a half hours ago. Super effective week. When? From Tuesday, November 19th, that's today, until Tuesday, November 26th, that's next week from from now. It's like a week, just one week. Yep. Mm -hmm. Features. Pokemon that might be strong partners in battle against Tingo Rock and other trainers will be appearing more often in the wild and raids and in field research. If you're lucky, you might encounter a shiny tentacool. Well, oh, shiny tentacool is actually dope. Like really cool looking. Yeah, it's got like purple on it and green. It's not neat. <laughs> Bonuses include two times stardust from trainer battles, more potions and revives from Pokestops. Guaranteed charge <laughs> TMs from three star raids. There was a miscommunication. They said three star or higher in in their initial communication, but it was corrected. They wanted to say, hey. Guaranteed charge TMs in just three star rates, and that's it. Well, that's kind of garbage. But yeah, well, okay. Speaking of the tier, the tier three raid bosses. Here's the updated boss list, right? And tier one: Horsey, Swablu, Beldum, Shinx, and Clink, all shiny. 
cool tier one tier two muck alolan executor knocked owl sableye and mawile pretty pretty standard i'm gonna skip to tier four tier four golem alolan marowak galarian wheezing lapras and tyranitars so if you didn't snag one of those galarian wheezings at the end of your community day you can still do so they're in four star although good luck finding groups to do four stars i suppose <laughs> tier five is Kobalion, and the ex raid is now reggie gigas starting as of yesterday i suppose but tier three okay oh boy it's big it's a big pool i'm hoping that means that we'll see more tier threes than we normally do although i kind of feel bad for people that are trying to get that wheezing but but here we go tier three includes alolan raichu Onyx, Scyther, Pinsir, Vaporeon, Porygon, Aerodactyl, Azumarill, Espeon, Pelloswine, Mantine, Skarmory, Pelipper, Metacham, Cacturn, and Pharoseed. That's a lot. There's 16 raid bosses in Tier 3, Kyle, which is absolutely outlandishly... Ridiculous. Crazy. I better be seeing Tier 3 raids popping up on every corner, because I only want one of these. Is this the raid boss pool or is this the egg pool? <laughs> right? Seriously, like this is getting a little bit out of control. I hope that they don't do this in the future. I like that it's a big pool because for tier three in particular because of the feature for the charge DMs. But mm -hmm. I hope they don't lean into this in the future. It would be really kind of frustrating to target raid. Yes, especially as like I want that Pharaoh seed. But like if this raid rotation is only going to be here for a week and pharaoh seed won't be in the next rotation there's a there's good odds that i might not see a pharaoh seed with my free time given some commitments that i have this weekend true yeah so it's a little it's a potential frustration but it's it's an interesting experimentation but charge teams kyle can yes, get them charged charge i mean i have yeah. like eight or nine right now Okay, cool. I could probably cool. use all of them right now and still have nothing to show for it, but you know. If you wanted to make that Ferocious Cup team, maybe. That that won't happen. But I still have no. like Machamps that know like... Bullet uh, Punch? Bullet Punch. I know and Bullet Punch would be the, the quick move, combat. wouldn't it? So, so yeah. It's, it's close, close combat, combat and Heavy Slam. Heavy Slam. Is heavy the Slam. It's a steel move, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Bummer. Let's talk about who's uh, going to be in five-star raids after Cobalion, because we're not even talking about Cobalion anymore. We talked about it last week, or actually two weeks ago, like a fair amount, and then th that's it. That's it. That's all he gets. It <laughs> in five-star raids, reading the next Sword of Justice, Tarakian. When is that happening? Tuesday, November 26th, which is the same day that this super effective week event ends uh, and it's going to run until december 17th so tarakian the 26th of november through the 17th of december He's that'll be better than cool. his brother better than his brother but still not great awesome <laughs> speaking of better than your brother but still not great you don't have to talk to your siblings because it's going to be a friend fest that's the next thing that's happening in november when is it happening wednesday november 27th through monday december 2nd it's going on for just one week Features include just this one thing. Encounter family-themed Pokemon such as Nidoran F, Nidoran Male, their evolutions, and more in the wild and in research tasks. I wonder if what? <laughs> Wild Nidorina and Wild Nidoqueen can be shiny like they were for that Day of the Girl this, or whatever that this was. This is Niantic, so the answer is going to be no. Uh, maybe not. But um, but there's also bonuses. Half Stardust trade cost. 
You can also make two special trades a day, which is cool, and then attack boost when you raid with your friends. So you can, you know, further short man some Pharaoh seed raids yeah. at level fifteen, I guess, or something. And maybe maybe Tarakian will be able to be two manned with the attack boost. If maybe you can already you can duo Reggie Gigas. <laughs> probably not. Uh, probably not. Yeah. Probably not. Why? Why are there family themed Pokemon for the friend fest? Um, you know, that's a really good have, question. They should have had a friend thing. Like there should have been more Plusle and Minum. No, like... no, no, no. I'll take this. I'll take this, please. <laughs> more Soul Rock. No, no, no. You didn't on one mean side. that. Yeah, okay. I totally yeah, meant it. Come on. Mm-hmm. Come on. I mean, I could think of, so I can, I can't think of any other like friend Pokemon off the top of my head, but they totally exist. I think having like uh, the Lunatone and Soul Rock, like you said, having Surviper and Zangoose, um, and then having whatever the new uh, Durant and Heatmore uh, spawning together because it's like, oh, they're normally enemies, but they're going to be friends this week and spawn in the same area. Like, that would be fun. But they wouldn't give up the ghost on Durant and Heatmore this quick, would they? Nope, nope, they wouldn't. Yeah. Oh, well, we want people to travel, darn it. With their limited income. <laughs> yes. Hey, we're Pokemon Go players. We have unlimited income. That's That's how it goes. But I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I guess we'll have to see it. The description is just vague enough that I feel like there could be more to it. Maybe. There are evolutions and more in the wild. I mean, probably with almost every event, there's a shiny release. But just now with these friend ones, I guess that's interesting. But anyway, enough about the news. Let's get into gear up. So this week we're going to do what's the big deal with Frenzy Plant Venusaur. (gasps) Venusaur. Especially because we have this December community day that we'll probably know more info for very shortly. And we're all hoping for the return of community days. Frenzy Plant Venusaur is one worth talking about. Mm -hmm. So Venusaur, very balanced stats. How balanced? 198 attack, 189 defense, and 190 stamina. It's, it's, It's pretty, pretty, pretty close right there amongst all three. Not spectacular in anything, but far from the worst in anything. But Frenzy Plan is really good, as we've talked about. Same with Hydro Cannon and Blast Burn. So it puts Venusaur way up there in terms of Grass-type attackers. It's the second best, right behind Tangrowth, at least until we get Shaman. Is that that how you pronounce that Pokemon's name, right? Yeah, Shaman, I think. Uh Yeah, Shaman will prove to be better, but... That's purely from the legendary bulk. And of course, Tangrowth is not quite as accessible as, as Venusaur is. But Venusaur's bulk puts him the third highest TDO of all grass types. And then the access to Frenzy Plant makes him like, it's like the sixth highest DPS. But the ones that are higher than him don't matter because they're like super glass cannon. I I just I can't even remember off the top of my head. I think like, a Lolan Executor is is above Venusaur in terms of DPS, but is is he's squishier. He also doesn't have a great move set yeah. for grass attacking. Yeah. Speaking of a Lolan Executor, though, what other choices could you potentially have for grass type attackers? Tangrowth, as mentioned. He's he's less budget friendly because it needs that Sinnoh Stone. But it's not Legacy, so it's it's probably easier for you to build a team of six, at least until Legacy is brought back. Best moveset for that is going to be Vine Whip and Solar Beam. 
Unfortunately, Solar Beam is a one-bar charge move, so it deals more damage than something like Frenzy Plant, but it, it takes longer to charge, and it's more likely to waste energy if you get KO'd before firing it off. Alolan and Regular Executor, they're not the greatest, but they're still just about the best you can do. Unfortunately, it just kind of shows what happened to grass types in Pokemon Go. Yeah. <laughs> With Bullet Seed and Solar Beam. Again, there's that Solar Beam. Unfortunate. Another fun option that you can use, you can always use Breloom if you want to, but you really want to have Grass Knot, which is also Legacy, so you probably only have a couple of those, unless you love Breloom, and then you probably have a team of six. Do you have a team of six, Chris? Uh, no, I've got, I've got three with grass knot. Um, yeah. that was from that spring event, wasn't it? Yeah. The one, yeah. Spring event last, last spring. And it was, that, that was great that they inter- introduced a significant move. Just like, Hey, here it is. Now, why can't you just add it permanently? But anyways, yeah, for real, I don't understand why, why gatekeep Breloom uh, of all things. Yeah. <laughs> they can't, they can't handle the power that is <laughs> the general those, public those, can't handle those this punches from arms with no shoulders or elbows <laughs> have too much power maximum effort prelude lastly you can use leafeon with razor leaf and leaf blade heck yeah i agree leafeon's great and definitely one of the more budget options if you didn't get a bunch of tall boys when they're around if you don't want to get them from raids and if you're like me, who's basically never, ever catch Tangela, because I see so few of them. So I think I have one Tangrowth and like 100 Tangela candy. So I'm going to stick to my Frenzy Plant Venusaur that I don't have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Leafeon is a cool one. Um, I'm surprised you don't have more Tangela because I just I got them out of so many eggs forever. Yeah, they just they, I just missed it. I don't know what happened. Just totally huh. missed all the Tangela. And and then they were in raids at some point, and I'm like, I don't want to raid a Tangela. What? No. Yeah, no, no thanks. That's okay. <laughs> I think I did a handful just so that I could use my Sky Attack Moltres for the fun. But Frenzy Plant Venusaur is great, especially because there are so many water types in Pokemon. There's It's the second most dominant typing in the game. So you're always going to want strong grass type attackers. If this community day serves to be a return of old community day moves and you weren't playing when frenzy plant came out for Venusaur. This is definitely a good opportunity for you to build out a team for him. I know that I will at the very least make some cause I'm kicking myself for not doing it last December. Cause I was distracted. <laughs> Write yourself a note now. Uh, yeah. Note for December 1st evolve Venusaurs. Yeah. <laughs> Unless that event doesn't happen the way and we think it's going to. Yeah, that'd just be a bummer, but oh well. Frenzy Plant Venusaur. Okay, Kyle, are you ready for something a little bit less interesting? Mm, yes. Okay, it's Pokalore time. And not it's not just interesting because it's Pokalore, because we both know that that's not necessarily true. Pokalore can be interesting. Sometimes it can be a trivia game. This is not that time. This time, it's a trivia game of sorts, because you will be asking yourself one important question, and that question is why? Yep. Uh, it's because we're covering Meowth, the scratch cat Pokemon, and Persian, the classy cat Pokemon. Mostly because Galarian Meowth has me in stitches. Uh, so I just, <laughs> it's Ugh. just, it's just if 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 Frumpy was a Pokemon, that 
would be that Pokemon. But I, you know, in order to scratch that itch, for lack of a of a better phrase, I can't talk about Galarian Meowth on here because he's not out yet. So we're just going to talk about regular Meowth and regular Persian. Okay, ready? I don't care. We're going to do it anyway. All right, Meowth. Meowth is a small feline Pokemon with cream-colored fur that turns brown at the tips of its hind paws and tail. Its ovoid head features four prominent whiskers, wide eyes with slit pupils, two pointed teeth in the upper jaw, and a gold Cobain coin embedded in its forehead. (laughs) Its ears are black with brown interiors and are flanked with an additional pair of long whiskers. Did I say Coban? Coin? Coban? 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 Did you say Cobain? <laughs> Meowth is a quadruped with the ability to walk on its hind legs. While the games always depict Meowth on two legs, the anime states that Meowth normally walks on all fours. It can freely manipulate its claws, retracting them when it wants to move silently. The tip of its tail curls lightly. Okay, here's some interesting stuff. Meowth is attracted to round and shiny objects and has a unique ability to produce coins using Payday, which I don't understand why it wouldn't just print money all the time. Why does it need to go take other people's money? This is not when you need to question the logic of of Pokemon. Okay, right. What what does IQ? 1,500? 8,000? 5,000. Yeah. Uh, Being nocturnal, it is known to wander about city streets at night and pick up anything that sparkles, including loose change. Upon finding a sparkling object, its eyes will glitter and the coin on its forehead will shine brightly. It shares this intrigue with Murkrow, with whom it often fights with for objects and prey. Meowth is a playful but fickle Pokemon with a capacity for human-like intelligence. At least one member of the species teaching itself how to speak. I wonder which one that is. <laughs> Meowth tend to live in urban areas. For those that don't know the reference, it's the one from the, uh, from the anime. It's the Meowth, Mr. Meowth, as it were. Meowth were introduced to Alola as a gift to royalty. The luxurious royal lifestyle soon led to Meowth diverging from its origins and becoming the selfish, prideful, and cunning Alolan Meowth. Alola Meowth will turn hysterical if its coin or pride are besmirched. When the monarchy fell, the rare Alolan Meowth went feral and eventually grew as common in Alola as everywhere else. (laughs) Alola Meowth's fur is a light blue-gray color instead of brown markings. The tip of its tail, whiskers, digits, and the insides of its ears are a white gray. Alolan Meowth's whiskers have a slight curve compared to regular Meowth's straighter whiskers, and it has silvery eyes. Uh, also, it just looks like way more smug. I love it. Big fan. Persian is a large quadruped feline Pokemon. Its fur is pale tan, with the exception of its black-rimmed ears. It has a short muzzle with a small black nose, red eyes with slit pupils, rounded ears, a pair of pointed teeth in its upper jaw, and three whiskers on either side of its face. Its thick whiskers are very sensitive to changes in air movements, enabling it to detect its prey by movement alone. In the center of its forehead is a red jewel. Its long tail has a distinctive curl at the end. Persian communicates with bi-language and holds its tail upright to signal its intention to pounce. It has long legs and three-toed paws with retractable claws. Persian's lith muscles also enable it to walk without making a sound. Ooh, sneaky. Persian normally lives in towns and cities. Although popular for its elegance, it is extremely difficult to raise as a pet due to its fickle and temperamental personality. It will scratch anyone, including its trainer, with little or no provocation, and has been observed ripping its prey apart for no discernible reason. However, when Persian is yanked by its whiskers, it becomes temporarily docile for no... For unknown reasons. 
is popular among rich people and is targeted by hunters for its jewel. In the past, payday was its signature move. I wonder who who else can know it now besides Meowth line. I don't know, honestly. Yeah, that's usually what that means is that it, another line Somebody can do can it. learn it. Yeah. Alolan Persian has a buy that is similar to its regular counterpart, but has blue-gray fur. Its face has a different shape, being larger and more rounded with noticeable jowls. <laughs> Big round face. <laughs> yes, it's very round. It's very dis, dis, dis concerning. Yeah. This distinctive face, along with its high class, softer than velvet fur coat, is admired by the people of Alola. Its eyes are usually in a half-closed state, and instead of a red forehead jewel, it has a blue jewel. The jewel, although different in appearance, is made of mostly the same material as the one on regular Persian. In behavior, it is described as highly intelligent and having an even higher opinion of itself. It prefers to use underhanded tactics in battle, but its haughty personality causes it to underestimate its opponents. Sounds pretty cool, right? No. No, you're right. And the stats agree with that with that opinion. Max CP of 1689. I know stage ones that get higher than that. Yeah. 150 attack, 136 defense, and 167 stamina. I have written in my notes. Avert your eyes, folks. Pretty awful. Best move set. There isn't one. <laughs> just don't don't use it. Just don't. Just don't. Not like even even a lowland Persian. Nothing nothing really there now. When we get Berserker in uh, Pokemon Go, maybe. I don't know how that one translates. That's the evolved Galarian Meowth uh, form, but we'll see how that goes. But Persian just ain't that good. It just ain't. So (laughs) shame. Um, Shame on that one. Hopip and Purloin can learn Payday. Hopip can learn Payday? Through breeding. Yes. What? Yes. Wait, wait, wait. Does it share an egg pool with Meowth? It, I mean, it must have. This was only in Gen 2, though. It does. It cannot apparently anymore. <laughs> Sounds but like a mistake. It, it That's does. so weird. That's so um, weird. That said, Payday used to be a TM, so a whole bunch of Pokemon can still learn it. Oh, okay. Jeez. All right. Well, that just changed my entire opinion of the Pokemon world. Very strange. Uh, much like this, this next section... This made for change in opinions. Pokepole, last week's question. If we were to see another colossal discovery-like event, what sorts of changes would you like to see? And actually, it wasn't last week's question. It was two weeks ago, but I suppose we didn't have one last week, so I can still say say <laughs> that. Anyway, uh, Joe said, more spawns, better special research tasks, and able to use Pokecoins to buy the pass. I think that's pretty much everybody's opinion. I, I think that that's right. That's a good... There's a good baseline of like everybody's feedback, I think. Shelly said, have it be cheaper for other countries. I live in Canada and it was like 11 to $12, which I'm sorry for me is kind of expensive. And more rewards like guaranteed shinies, a special box with tons of stuff or super incubators or whatever, you know, good things. Uh, I kind of agree. I don't think Shelly is alone in thinking that people that paid for the event, especially if you have to pay yeah. a premium because you're in a country somewhere else or you paid like three or four or even five more dollars depending on where you live you probably felt like you should have gotten quite a bit more from that julia said maybe make people pay for it with poker coins instead of cash so that more people have it accessible to them based on their play style 
I think that's a good idea. And then we have one really long response from just the average Joe from the Discord. Shout out to you. Um, I think the event was a great way to get out and play for an afternoon and the Reggie raids were easy and relatively lucrative. I didn't get a shiny, but I did manage to get 15 charge TMs, which is super Ooh, nice. Whoa. That's pretty good. I know a lot of people that would have just taken that for the eight bucks. However, that seems to be the end of the pros for me personally. The event did not feel like $8 worth of contents because I could have bought an ultra box and done all the raids the exact same and would have done the uh, field research available any day now. The colossal mistake was the perceived lack of effort in the special research. Obviously, it has to be manageable and attainable for any level of trainer that bought a pass. However, the repetitive tasks tend to make players just power through, and I found myself clicking through the narrative just so I could get to the ice step. I actually had to go back and read the story retroactively because I completely forgot all of it. If Niantic wants players to pay for something we've gotten for free in the past, I'd like to see effort put into production. Instead of Willow crouching in front of the camera like he can't figure out where he left his tripod, (laughs) maybe we could show an image of him standing in a cave looking at the markings. What non-consumable rewards came out of this event? The solace of knowing you can ignore Regigigas EX raids for however long he may be around? That's not really that comforting since Niantic clearly has doubled down on the EX model. So the tangible non-consumables are a medal that's very pretty to look at and an avatar pose that gives your player. <laughs> what is this word? Bonitis. Bonitis? What is that? Is that like some I, sort of I, spinal I'm, thing? I think it's a reference to Futurama because the guy has bonitis in it and then his spine like goes all curvy on him. Oh, I mean, OK. I that... It's just a joke. So. Okay, gotcha. Right. <laughs> I'm not sure if it was like an actual medical term or not. Think, anyway, I don't think so. Uh, the end all be all to me is that uh, Chris is right. Woo, I like that. Niantic fooled us into spending money on a Reggie raid event and just collated all three mons into one day because they knew no one put two, three separate days for them. <laughs> That's fair enough. I mean, they're That's right. fair enough. Yeah. But wait, there's more. The Golem is at a special means of obtaining them in the main series games, and they actually made it feel like you accomplished something. So the yes. research wasn't fulfilling. The non-consumable rewards weren't exciting or plentiful. If they gave us piles of junk like Regigiga shoes and a shirt featuring each Golem, that would still feel like you're getting more out of the event. And the Pokemon you got out of the event had little to nothing to do with the Reggies outside of, hey, they're the same type as the Golem step you're working on. I don't think it's unreasonable for Niantic to give players a relicanth for completing the rock step because it was relevant to the main series game's way of obtaining each of them. Yeah. We talked about that, I think, on the day, didn't we? We've talked about it in the past for sure because the Reggies have a really interesting role in the Gen 3 games. Right, right. Um, He goes on to say, yes, I understand it's a regional exclusive and we don't want to hurt anyone's feelings and make them feel less valuable. But how is that any different than regionals at GoFest? I think that's such a good point. The event had so many opportunities to prove that the model can and should be successful. But if they do this again, I think Niantic will see a very sharp decline in the number of interested players unless they make a serious effort to show us that our money isn't just being thrown into their pockets. So one of the reasons why we decided to put one of these longer responses in here is that I think the the first few responses are are great because they give you a short like, yes, this will be better if there are more spawns better tasks than if we could use poker coins for sure. But as somebody that dove into the event like Joe did uh, for him to come out the other side with this very long, like hands on experience and still say the sorts of things that they do and don't feel about it, I think is something that kind of get lost. 
in the uh, in the conversation of this event? I mean, it's easy to point out the things that didn't go well, but like, why did you not feel good about it? You know, I think Joe does a good job of explaining that. Absolutely. And I, I agree with a lot of what Joe had to say about the issue as well. Was there anything in particular that you like really agreed with? Because normally, I don't know, I, I feel like some of the phrasing I don't necessarily agree with. I don't think they're trying to... I think the line serious effort to show us that our money isn't just being thrown into their pockets. I mean, they're a for-profit company, so there's going to be a level of that anyway. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I think, I think where that is coming from is less negative or calling Niantic evil or anything like that. And more like saying it shouldn't feel like you're just spending the money so that Niantic can have it kind of thing. You, sure. you feel like you're spending sure. money so that you are receiving something as well, because in the end, uh, you know, Niantic is for profit, but this is also a game and you spend money expecting to receive something in return. Obviously, we did receive exactly what was advertised. No one no one can argue that part of the whole event for sure. Yeah, they're just arguing whether what was advertised was actually worth the effort and whether it was executed well. Yeah. Again, I don't think that this is something that we necessarily covered uh, extensively last time. We just said, yeah, we, we did the event. You know, it was, it was okay. And I don't think I'd do it again. Sort of thing. Yeah, <laughs> That's like, about it. But yeah. yeah, I think this hits the the nail on the head that if they were going to do it again, they'd have to do something to really change up the model. They couldn't just have a clamperall research day to make up for the other one you know or be completely transparent they were transparent with the benefits that you would receive that you'd get the raid passes you'd get your pose you'd get regigigas but they weren't transparent about the raids as we talked about you know he said they sold us a reggie raid day disguised as an event sort of thing and if they'd explained that the raids were going to be popping off like crazy we would have treated the day differently and might have actually been able to feel like we got more value out of it if we had planned better. Yeah, definitely. But here we are. I guess we'll have to see what they do for the next one. Because I'm still I, rocking his his pose with Bonitis. I am. I am because it's the only other pose that I have. So why not? <laughs> right? I bought that hoodie so it doesn't look as offensive, but just a little unnerving. It looks offensive. <laughs> this week's Pokepole question is. Would you rather have a series of small events or a few large events? So let me give you a little bit more detail on this. So would you rather have kind of what we had this summer, which was a bunch of nonstop tiny events that all kind of culminated together for one thing? Or would you like to see more big events that have like lots of things about them and run for a few weeks like the Halloween event? Kyle, what do you think? A small amalgamation of little events or one or two big dudes? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a cop out here because I think both in this regard, but as a caveat, I don't like small events that have something super crucial or important about them that you want to hit during the window. Like for me, a week long event where I have one thing I want to do in that week, that puts a lot of pressure on me and makes me want to play less rather than want to play out and go and get it. My example being the Pharaoh seed this week. If he's really only in the raid rotation for this week, just as an example, that's a bummer. And like, there's a lot of pressure to go get that done in one week versus if the rotation was there for three weeks, then I know that I could get it done. But 
if the event can support being longer, being longer is better. The Halloween event did a good job of supporting it because there were so many different types of Pokemon that everybody wanted to keep catching. So people wanted to keep going out. I think it's a matter of not overstaying your welcome. I think so, too. I also think it, it also depends on um, Well, my answer is dependent on how uh, oppressive the, the features are of the event. Uh, I think Halloween stayed the perfect amount. If it had been there any longer, I would have gotten so sick of the spawns. Yes. I really like large events because they usually come with lots of really fun things to do. The spawns change up for a while. It really changes the flavor of the game for a while. But I think if I had to say in the long run, what type of events do I like the most? Probably a series of small events because I feel like they don't impact the spawn pool as much and don't interrupt daily play. For for those of you long-term players who were around last year, around the summer and fall time, we had a, a string of events that were a month long and each event was its own like type. And boy, did that get tiresome. Oh, it sure did. Like, I don't want to catch a month's worth of psychic type. That's not what I play Pokemon for. I mean, like so. having something that you can rely on that's a pattern of, uh, you know, content that comes out. Like we can always count on a community day every month and, you know, every other community day is a starter and stuff like that. Like that stuff is cool to depend on. But when it was mm -hmm. like, oh, hey, it's a third Monday. We're going to hear what the next event's going to be. It's going to start on the third Tuesday or whatever. Like that got to be a bit much because people that were trying to complete basic standard research. What was it? What was the one that people couldn't find Ditto for the longest time? Right. Because it just yep. wasn't showing up anywhere. Yep. Um, and we were just locked in behind like three concurrent events and people were just like raging against the universe because they couldn't find what they were specifically looking for that were in normal spawns, just not these event spawns. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But anyway, if you, dear listener, have an answer to the question, would you rather have a series of small events or a few large events? You can answer the question when it's posted on social media, such as Facebook and or Twitter. Or you can send us an email to mail at gocastpodcast.com. And speaking of emails. Email. 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 It's email time. I mean, email. <laughs> <laughs> it is email time. Okay. All right. So our first email is from Catherine. It's the one that we passed up two weeks ago. Girl, we did not forget about you. Don't you worry. Uh, and it is very relevant to the conversation that we just had. Uh, Kyle is going to take it from here. Hello, GoCast crew. I wanted to write to you about the value or perceived lack of value of the Colossal Discovery event this past weekend. For some players, the event was worth the money. They had fun and would do it again. For others, it was lackluster and they wouldn't. I wanted to present two different ways to look at the value of the event. In the first way, you can look at the research quest line, its rewards, and the promised items, which were the raid passes, the Unova Stone, Regigigas, the Pose. You can calculate the value of the passes against the cost of passes in your country and decide for yourself if that was the value for you. And decide for yourself if that was value for you. It happens to be that for me, absent of everything else, the raid passes and Unova Stone were plenty of value for the $8 I paid. But let me present an alternative model for looking at this. The game costs money to produce, development, support, no matter what you think of the support, servers, bandwidth, etc. It has always been the case that the players who spend actual money in the game, even if it's a box every once in a while, support the play of many people who are free to play. 
on a very basic level, very few tier five raids would get done if everyone was only using their free daily pass. Just to complete the raids, some players have to be using premium raid passes. In economics, this is called a free rider. Two familiar examples of systems where a small percentage of people using a service support a group that pay nothing is public broadcasting or, dare I suggest, podcast patrons. Yeah, that's uh, that's on the nose. For your local NPR station to be able to function, they solicit money from their listeners. Some pay and some do not. Some of the people who pay do so because they believe what they get from the service is value for their money, as I did with the straight value of raid passes and Unova stones. Some pay more explicitly knowing that they are paying to support other listeners who are using the service without paying. To me, this event was a perfect example of a free rider situation because to me, the value and fun of the event was the rapid cycling of tier five raids, which I'm sure was a significant server strain and not trivial to code. The ability to do 40 raids without moving beyond a single park was much less stressful and used much less gas than a typical raid train day. To make that work as a structure, they built an event around incentivizing a large population to raid on a Saturday. Without the event, we wouldn't have had the number of players around to do those raids in those numbers, even if many of those players never used beyond the 10 passes that came with the event. From that perspective, the $8 some people paid also supported the structure of the rest of the event that could be played without a Colossal Discovery ticket. Now, like NPR and Patreon, every person has to decide if they want to do so in the future, and it's completely legitimate to decide that this is not value for your money. But what do I know? I give to both NPR and GoCast. <laughs> and we appreciate it. And we do appreciate it. And also as a proud listener to NPR, uh, WBEZ represent. <laughs> I think Catherine brings up, as she always does, some excellent points here. One of the things I think is the biggest takeaway from our interview that we had with Liz, Liz George uh, of Niantic, uh, was that, you know, they make these events, right? Not every event is for everybody, right? And I think that that kind that comment and that mindset really leans into the reality of the situation, which is the payment model that Catherine's laying out, this free rider method. This is also just true of mobile gaming in general. Free to play, that's the system, right? If, if 1% of your user base pays a subscription service or elects to pay, uh, it makes it worth it for the people that are making it and also makes it still free for everybody else that's in the pool that's playing for free, right? I, I think that this is just a, a very cogent explanation. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's it, To put it less elegantly, it's a way of describing whaling in mobile gaming, which we've talked about sure. briefly. sure. But to a smaller degree, you know, not everybody who spends money on video games spends $10,000 on one game. You know, some people spend 50, some people spend 10 at a time, you know, and that's what that's what this was. I agree. And I also think that, you know, when we're talking about like, what's the value of a dollar, right? It is that one raid pass, but then you look at like ultra boxes and there you get, you know, an average between like 45 cents to 60 cents per raid pass, right? When you're looking at stuff like this, it's also important to remember that money is, is valued differently for every person as well. Yep. And so if you're just looking at that event, you're like, oh, well, you know, I really like this game and I want to help support it. That's different than somebody's like, I think I'm going to get my value out of this just based on a dollar amount. I mean, a, a good example is like from our from our Patreon in particular, our server, right? We have people giving it multiple levels. We have some people that give at the introductory level or the base level that gives us access to the, the patron discord in the first place. They are some of the most 
involved people in there. And then there are some people that give at the highest tier and they just want to hang out and talk every once in a while. They're not doing PVP. They're just there to, to hang out and spend some time with other people. Right. So, I mean, you would expect if you're just looking at it from dollar to value that the person that's giving more would want to be more involved. Cause that's, I guess, quote unquote, what they're paying for, but different people get different value out of the same things. Absolutely. And I think that's an important thing to, to keep in mind when you have these kind of discussions, especially with strangers online, is that there's there's no wrong way to look at this. Everybody is going to come at this from their own angle, from their own experience, from their own financial standpoint. And you should always be open to hearing what other people have to say about the the topic rather than just shutting it down because you personally think this one way you personally right. think that Niantic is scamming you out of the money or you personally think that it's more value than you would normally get spending the money because that's how we have discussions about things right yeah you want to bring it to a point of comparison so that you know you have a, a standard of reference that's for sure it's just difficult when you're when you're measuring experiences right which is why people go down to like oh you know eight bucks you're already breaking even with 10 raid passes technically like that's a that's a foothold right for them to to build off of even if somebody doesn't care Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know yeah so uh, anyway i think this was an important read to save i think it goes hand in hand with the long um, the long response we had from Joe. And I think, Catherine, this is a really great write-up from another perspective. Um, again, I just love that we have so many insightful people that give these interesting perspectives for us to share on this show. So anyway, thank you so much, Catherine, for writing that in. I know that probably couldn't have been very quick for you to write that up. Uh, appreciate that. And thanks for all the thoughts. Uh, our next email is from Jolt Switch. Just kind of a, a little... You ready for a humble check? Ready for a vibe check here, Kyle? Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't, I feel like I'm being called out. Uh, Jolt Switch says, think I can keep you guys on your toes. How's your jogger medal looking? And attached a picture of the breeder medal and his jogger medal. Uh, let's do jogger first. The jogger medal that Jolt Switch has attached says 4831, 4,831 kilometers. What are you at? I'm at 1598. I'm at 2902. Killed both of okay. us. Okay. I think both so of us combined killed us. I don't feel so, bad, us. <laughs> don't feel so bad compared to you. Let's go with that. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be a couple people in our Discord who are going to like annihilate everybody. Yeah, but I, I, I'm sh- <laughs> there, there's always going to be a bigger fish. But like yeah. this is kind of fun, right? It's somebody that out of the blue, somebody that listens to the show. It's like, hey, like where are you guys at with this? Just curious. Like here's mine. <laughs> how do we how do we rank up? But uh, here's one that's closer. I think. Here's the breeder medal that Jolt Switch attached. It has 3844. I'm at 1221. 3931. Jeez, so many incubators. Just a little bit higher than Jolt Switch this time. Just a little bit. But he gave me a good idea for a goal this week. Speaking of medal checking, did you guys see that somebody broke a million catches this week? Yeah, it was a Japanese player, right? Yeah. Just to put that in perspective, a million catches is an average of 600 per day since the game came out. (laughs) That's insane. And I believe there is a hard cap of 7,000 catches per week. 
Like if you if you catch more than that, the game will not let you catch any more. So you have to you have to be sure to not like you got to be careful. I mean, you don't have to be. You just can't keep playing after that. Oh, I suppose. You can't I, was keep just catching. I was just trying to think of like, what if you locked yourself out? But I guess it doesn't matter because you already met that number. I mean, then if you did it, you're definitely and you like, had the game yeah. tried to smash it. You would probably be detected for botting That's because insane. That is insane. Yeah. What's your what's your catch metal at then? I actually checked it earlier today and it was at 20,000 exactly. 20,000 exactly. Did you take a picture of that? I did. I did take a picture of that. Oh, good. Because I am a now at. Number. I'm now at 20,056. Okay. All right. Wow. I'm at 38,7. So 38,709. Okay. One million? Yeah. What? Yeah. Lordy. My goodness. Okay. Uh, anyway, our, our next email is from Mario. Hi, Chris and Kyle. I've been working with new people at work and they travel all over the world. I got a pan sage yeah. traded to me from one of my coworkers. Woohoo! I didn't know he played Pokemon Go until one day I hung up on my wife during lunch and I mentioned an EX raid she was going to attend. He got so happy that there's another Poke nerd at work, so I've been hanging out with him. It's nice to have friends. Uh, with pan sage and his evolution, I discovered I am actually beating <laughs> you and Kyle on my Unova Stone. I am losing on the hatching eggs. I am happy and excited for you guys to catch up. Kyle, you can do it. Come I'm on, working Kyle. on it. You can do it. It's hard without hatching eggs. <laughs> Mario said, Regigigas event was good, I guess. I would do more of these events. Me and my wife finished the event with our raid group. Because the event was on November 2nd, and I am of Hispanic descent, and that day is Dia de los Muertos, the day we honor our dead relatives, I was in a hurry to finish the event because I really wanted to visit my grandfather. Do you think Niantic or the Pokemon Company can should slash will do events for other cultures like for chinese new year on 2020 it's the year of the rat so maybe shiny ratatas all over the place 2021 is the year of the ox so something with toros spoofalant and mill tank those are examples thank you guys uh good luck catching from west texas gym leader mario all right so kyle the question is do you think that the uh, pokemon company or niantic or whoever is making these events should do more things for uh cultural holidays yes because it's just they should like they they do christmas they do like holiday stuff so yeah. why not the chinese new year is such an easy one to fit into pokemon as well that's true but like you could totally fit something in for dia de los muertos and and all kind of stuff like that i would love to see that that kind of inclusion even if they were short spur of the moment type events but here's the thing, though, is like, where do you draw the line? Right. Because if you start honoring every single little holiday like that, not to say that these holidays. OK, the holidays that we're mentioning here, like Dia de los Muertos and stuff like that, they're not little holidays. They're not just like one day, like it's National Day of Pizza or something like that. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like the, these are cultural icons. Mm -hmm. I would say they'd have to be really careful where they draw the line. Like if they're going to have important cultural holidays, that's OK. But I think, you know, having one that's like it's. It's well, I think international uh, uh, corgi day. I don't think I think there's an easy line to draw, and the line is what is the size of the celebration? Because if the celebration is isolated to just one day, that's probably too little for an event. But like the Chinese yeah, New but... Year is is a whole event of the culture. Christmas is the whole month of December, basically, at least in America. Yeah, Halloween is just and, one day, and so is Christmas, though. Like, oh, Christmas is two days. But uh, ha but Halloween is, it fills the air in the culture, at least, for like true. the two, three weeks preceding the day. Same true, with that's, Christmas. That's fair enough, yeah. 
So I think I think I would I would be open for seeing stuff branching out like that. Yeah. At least Chinese New Year. I think I think Chinese New Year would would fit pretty great. I think they should just start doing little ones here and there and just see how they do. Mm-hmm. And then bring back the ones that are popular that work. Cool. Anyway, thanks, Mario. Thanks for the email. This last one's from Pidgey Grabba. Kyle, what did Pidgey Grabba have to say? Hello, GoCasters. Pidgey Grabba here. And I wanted to share a quick story. Quick in quotation marks. Oh, boy. (laughs) I was on my lunch break and went to a park near my office. There are eight gyms, most EX eligible, and 25 to 30 stops. That's a big park. That's That's a nice park. That's a healthy size park. Mm -hmm. Raids are dependent on if there is an active EX pass out on the gym that, that week. I was doing a loop and I walked past a gym with a tier three egg hatching. It was a Machamp. I looked up, important detail of the story, and someone I have seen at the park playing from time to time asked, hey, do you need to do a Machamp raid? And I said, no, not really, but I'll help you out. I hate saying this, but thanks to the raid timer, he and I chatted. He plays with his kids like me and and is in his lower 30s and can't solo Machamp. Together, we took it down and he caught his third or fourth Machamp. You say it every week. Machamp is one of the most useful PvE Pokemon in the game, and I forgot how relatively accessible it is. If you can solo Machamp, you can get one whenever you want. If you can't, you need to wait for help or hatch Machop or go to a nest, and that's discouraging for players in the have-not camp. So my goal is to be a better trainer in the community, be available for raids, help people out with Rocket Stop tips saying, what are you trying today, and what Pokemon do you already have invested in? The Machamp raid was a raid pass that would have expired that day if I didn't use it. I wasn't able to raid later in the day. It cost me a few minutes to stop, and I made another trainer feel a little stronger with a top-tier attacker in their roster. Keep hitting your goals, Grabba. That's a great story. Yeah. That's a great story. I can can personally still remember when I first soloed a Machamp. It was just after Mewtwo came into raids for the first time out of EX, and I had caught a few, and so I had a team of them. And I was able to do a Machamp. And I'm like, this is great. I only have like one and a half Machamps powered up now. Yeah. <laughs> I think Pidgey Grabba is kind of bringing light to something that we often forget. I know that especially in the conversation that we have in our show, because you and I play a lot and we associate with people that play a lot in, in real life and online. It's it's difficult to remember what it was like, you know, at level 24. And you're like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what rates yeah. I can and can't do. Like it's it's a different game for somebody that's still leveling or is still relatively new. It's frustrating for me because in other games I play, I'm more than happy to be that person who takes the time to to help and give advice and other and otherwise. And I I do it on the show. But with the the way that raids work in Pokemon Go, it's really hard to do that unless you have an accident just happen like Pidgey Grabba did, where you just meet them right next to the raid and how often does that happen unless you are in a really populated park like this right i would like if somebody called out i'm a champ and said they needed help and i was free i will show up every single time just because raids are fun and somebody needs the help this someone niantic please make a raid map people need it please but it's it's great to to be able to help people who who are still not necessarily starting out but still learning stuff. Right, for sure. For and I think game. it's I think it's our responsibility like Pidgey Grab is getting at that if, you know, if it's you know, it's free if you're not going to 
you know, use it another time. That free raid pass, it takes you a couple of minutes. It's not a big deal. You get stuff out of it. You get another Machamp, you get candy, you get your raid rewards. I mean, might as well. It doesn't take much to Absolutely. be kind, I guess. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, thanks for the email, Pidgey Grab. I really appreciate it. If you, dear listener, would like to send us an email, you can do so by sending it to mail at gocastpodcast.com. You can visit our website for other episodes and other things about our show and stuff uh, at gocastpodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter at gocastpodcast. Like us on Facebook. The Gocast Podcast is what you're looking for there. And if you'd like to help support the show, you can do so at Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Gocast Podcast, where the minimum of $1 a month gets you access to our patron-exclusive Discord, which is where we do all of our PvP tournaments. We chat all day, every day, as it is now. <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, and we'd like for you to join us, so take a look there. But if non-monetary support is your thing, instead, you can always go to, or in addition to, if you feel you know so inclined, you can leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, wherever you might be listening to us. Please do. It helps us out immensely. Uh, so thanks in advance for that. Kyle. Yes. Thanks in advance for your goals. What are they? All right, so I want to finish maxing the mischievous, the shiny mischievous, which is not that big a deal. And then I'm going to start working on maxing my lucky Drifloon. So it's going to be cheaper on the Stardust there. But in case you didn't hear earlier in the show, I'm broke. I got 15,000 Stardust to my name. So <laughs> smells like broken here. It's, it's going to be a lot of work there. So Drifloon and mischievous and what else? Probably do some more rocket stuff if I can get some more progress on the purifying 15 shadows Pokemon step because I hate that that exists. I'm at one out of 15 right now. Nice. And that one is only because I got a hundo Scyther from that Arlo that I did during community day. So I was, I was kind of jealous of that, by the way. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good one. It's my first good shadow one. Too bad he wasn't shiny. <laughs> yeah, well. I think that's going to be it for me this week. Okay, so max out your shiny mischievous. Start working on that lucky sh- uh, <laughs> lucky Shrifloon. That lucky Drifloon. And you're going to purify some shadow Pokemon. Yes. On purpose this time. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, not doing, I'm not doing no Dratinis just because it's what I got. Okay. I'm going to try and find some Rattatas and Zubats. Fair enough. Okay, I've got four goals for myself. One, get to my last mysterious component and do one of the, the Team Go Rocket leaders. I got to come back and say I've beaten at least one of them. One, I want to catch at least one shiny tentacle. I want to get Pig Knight in one way or the other. I have the candies. I just don't have a Tepig that's worth evolving. So whether I no. find a Tepig that's worth getting um, or I bite the bullet and just evolve one that stinks, one of the ways, yeah, that's one, one way or the other. On me. That's that's going to be that's going to be one. And then uh, based on our recent emails and, and challenges and talks about medals, I want to hit 4000 eggs. I'm like 70 short. So let's see if I can't Oof. do 70 eggs this week. OK, I'm adding one more because I just okay. remembered I should have okay. added in the okay. first place. Pharaoh seed. I want a Pharaoh seed. That's At right. The very least one. Hey, man. Godspeed. OK, I really hope to find one. Good luck with all those three star raids. God. It's going to be a lot of uh, just it. delayed 45 minute disappointment for you all week. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. You nailed it. All right. Well, that's it for our show. Hey, Kyle. Yes. Thanks. Thanks for being on the show. It's nice to be back in the saddle after a week off. 
thanks for having me. It's good to it's good to record. It's good to to chat. Yeah, for always. sure. Hey, are you you free next week? You want to do this again? I don't know. I, I'm gonna have to plan. Next week's gonna be it's gonna be busy. We got Thanksgiving going on. Oh, that's true. <laughs> that's true. It is happening. But uh, we'll find some time. One way or the other, episode seventy two will happen. Thanks for listening, guys. See you then. Bye. Bye.